G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. A focus today on a new report into youth mental health that shows in one in five young Australians are likely to be experiencing mental illness, with less than 40% of those comfortable seeking professional help. Well, let's talk to Mission Australia's CEO, Catherine Yeomans. Hello, Catherine. Welcome to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Catherine, the report finding, I guess, is quite disturbing. Uh, Was there any hint that this was the sort of uh, statistical information you'd get uh, before this report came out? Well, we've been doing the youth survey report for 14 years now, and this is the first time that we've used the Kessler 6 measure, which is a a very well-known indicator of psychological distress. And and, uh, we've looked at uh, the questions that the young people answered through that lens, But what we knew anecdotally, Mission Australia is a service provider nationally working with youth in crisis or or working with young people in early intervention programs. And when I go around the country speaking with our staff, they've been telling me just anecdotally that they feel that there's been an increase in mental illness issues uh, that our young people are suffering from. So it was, in a sense, uh, no surprise that we started to see these in the results of the youth survey and and this youth mental health report. And you mentioned that it's the Kessler 6 system, a six-item scale that helps helps you to assess experiences of anxiety and depressive symptoms. When it comes to how those effects outwork in a young person's life, what's been discovered is that boys are less affected than girls and people who are in the uh, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander section are, uh, are also overrepresented. Well, that's right. What we found is, is you're right, females are almost twice as likely as males to be experiencing mental illness. Um, and those figures, yes, uh, in terms of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander young people, uh, they're considerably more likely to be experiencing a mental illness. But anybody who is, who is at risk of experiencing a mental illness uh, needs help and support to work through that. So we're, we're less focusing on um, uh, the differences uh, and uh, really focusing on the supports that we actually need to put in place so that any young person, whether they're a young man or a young woman uh, or an Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander or anybody from another background, can start getting early intervention so that we don't actually see mental illness issues um, uh, you know, occurring in young people and, and perhaps staying with those problems later in life as well. And when you talk about early intervention, you hope that those young people who may be experiencing some difficulties will come forward and talk about it. But that's not happening because the other side of the equation here in what's come out in this research is that young people are not forthright in coming to talk about their issues. Why is that? Well, that's right. The young people are actually telling us that there's still a stigma in the community around mental illness. And I think this is a really important factor in the report. There's still some work to do in our community to make it okay to start talking about when we're not 
feeling okay, uh, when we might be feeling anxiety, for example, or feeling stressed. Perhaps we're having trouble um, sleeping, you know, that could be an indicator as well. Uh, so young people need to be aware that these things are okay to talk about. We need to equip families and their peer uh, network as well as perhaps uh, schools to be able to talk about um, what good mental health looks like, um, to be able to promote uh, resilience so that they can work their way through life's challenges, which come, come to us all, don't they? Uh, but for young people, it's particularly hard in this age group, and uh, we need to help them reach out for support. How much of a challenge do you think it will be to get those mechanisms in schools? Because I guess that's the, the bottleneck, isn't it? Kids go through schools. If they are then educated in such a way as to be able to seek help, uh, there is some challenges there, though, for you, but that obviously is the ideal. That's right, and, and it's really about trying to connect where young people already are. So in the 15 to 19 years age group, we know that there's a large cohort of those young people that are in the school environment. So that's a great place to actually reach out to young people and help them understand uh, what, the, what the issues are related to um, maintaining good mental health and, uh, and to also um, make them realise that there are supports in the community to help them through if they're feeling uh, under stress. Uh, but also we know that they're connecting online. Young people are spending a lot of time online these days. Let's make sure that we've got appropriate um, online counselling available, which is accessible and affordable. And let's help people understand uh, how to have a conversation with someone that they might know and uh, where, what direction to point them in if they're actually um, expressing some uh, stress in their life. And Catherine, some special ways that you have to pay attention to reaching out to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities because you need to ensure that there are culturally appropriate ways to be able to get this information in. That's absolutely right. And so we need a whole of community response. We need to understand what culturally sensitive responses look like. And, and this is at a very individual level as well. So we really think that there's a role for government here to also invest in early intervention um, and support programs. Rather than reducing spending at this vulnerable age group, uh, we need to think about what programs we can put in place. So we're reaching uh, young women, we're reaching young men, we're reaching people of, of, of diverse cultural backgrounds as well in settings that's appropriate for them. And Catherine, how important is it to have someone in the life of a young person and especially those ones who might be experiencing some mental health issues, to have someone guide them through the challenges that they're facing in their young lives? How important is that? Oh, look, I think it's very important. You know, young people of this age, they're really straddling a number of pressures as they make the transition into adulthood. You know, they've got school and study problems. There's a lot of pressure these days in the school environment. And for those young people who perhaps don't really get mainstream education, you know, there are, we need to help people um, engage in educational opportunities and make that transition into the workplace some young people, you know, unfortunately are experiencing family conflict at home. Some of our young people, particularly in disadvantaged areas or, or in, in, in uh, experiencing vulnerability, might have conflict in the home environment. They mightn't have the home support that we might otherwise like. There's a lot of pressure on young women these days about body image. Um, and also there's a lot of um, uh, appreciation in young people about the very tight job market that they're about to go into as well. We know youth 
unemployment is travelling at 13% at the moment. This is very stressful for young people, so it's really important to have have supports in place to help young people through this uh, transition stage of their life. They're really moving from childhood to adulthood, aren't they? And so we need to make sure we've got someone to help them work through these challenges and live happy and healthy lives. We want our young people to be strong. We want them to be resilient. And the report can be downloaded. It's called the Youth Mental Health Report, June 2014. You can download that and there'll be links there, I'm sure, on the Mission Australia website. Catherine Yeomans is Mission Australia's CEO. Catherine, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us today here on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.